Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's up, everyone? Good morning, and welcome to Shaw Local Bears Insider Podcast. I am Kyle Neighbors, along with Sean Hammond. Here it is Friday, December thirtieth. Uh, just a couple of days last uh, left in the years. Thank you, everyone who is joining us live this morning. Sorry we weren't with you earlier in this week. Had planned uh, to jump on Tuesday morning. Uh, I was under the weather myself, coming out of the, the Christmas holiday. But honestly, Sean. Um, there wasn't a lot to to dive into coming out of that that game against the Bills, man. Yeah, well, well, first off, Kyle, I'm glad to hear that you're you're feeling a little bit better. Uh, I know it was a couple of rough days for you there, but um, yeah, I don't think anybody really wanted to relive that that Bills game. Uh, any Bears fans were too interested in talking about that uh, a whole lot more, especially with it being on a Saturday, and and you know we do our show on Monday. By the time you get to Monday, I think people were kind of over it. Yeah, and that, that, like I said, we were by the time we were going to do it on Tuesday morning too. Um, when you look at it and you combine everything together between the weather conditions, the, the holiday week, and it being on Christmas Eve, as you were saying, um, the fact that the Bears were a significantly worse team, and everyone knew it going into that game against the Bills, they're without their three top wide receivers, two starting offensive linemen, everything in, on the defense that was missing, like. There, there's just not a lot to take away from that. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have any receivers. And, you know, when you got Justin Fields out there throwing to uh, guys who on paper should be his third, fourth, fifth option, uh, you don't really expect good things to happen. And good things didn't really happen in that game. Uh, the the result was kind of uh, uh, what you would expect in that situation. Uh, defense had a couple of nice turnovers, but really that was the the only bright spot. Yeah, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna look forward with this show. Not, no reason really to to look back at that game last weekend at all. Like I said, throw it away. We're gonna go ahead, and there's a lot of news to talk about. Obviously, going into this Bears Lions game this weekend, a game that's gonna be a lot of fun to watch, actually, Sean. Um, and the big news yesterday with Kevin Warren. We're gonna get to all of that in the next 45 minutes or so. Got to get Sean out of here earlier. The Bears moved up their practice time, so Sean's got to get up to Hallis Hall a little earlier than usual on Friday. So we're gonna sign off about 10:15 this morning guys but everyone who is joining us live we appreciate that uh if you could give us a thumbs up subscribe to the channel if you're watching on youtube that helps people find the shows leave us a comment as well jump into the comments if you're watching live or into the the live stream or into the live chat sorry if you are watching live uh helps us guide the show let us know which or lets us know what you guys want to talk about Really, really helpful. And, of course, go to shawlocal.com. You'll find all of our content there. We'll have preview stuff for Bears Lions this weekend. Sean, and, of course, right now we got a, a, a you know story up yesterday on the breaking news of Kevin Warren uh, doing an in-person interview with the Chicago Bears to potentially replace Ted Phillips, who is retiring as the team's um, president and CEO here um, at the end of this season. Uh, Sean, uh, uh, it's Pete Thamel breaking that news yesterday. Yep. Uh, surprising, I, I guess. I mean, it, I, I, it makes sense when you think about it, but I guess surprising was my first reaction. That's exactly how I would describe this. I mean, I, I think when we, when everybody first saw that come across the Twitter feed from from ESPN, uh, there's there's a little bit of a surprise, like, oh, Kevin Warren's interested. Uh, but you're right, Kyle. When you think about it, it 
makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's a guy who worked in the NFL for 20 plus years, uh, spent uh, uh, four or five years as the top guy at the Vikings in charge of that organization, uh, worked for them for, for a decade before that, uh, you know, working his way up the chain and uh, previous stops with the Lions and, and the Rams back when they were uh, uh, winning Super Bowls in, in St. Louis in the early 2000s. Um, and he was a sports agent before that, you know, before he started working on the team side. So tons of NFL experience. Uh, obviously, this is a bit of a new gig for him, a new role doing this Big Ten uh, commissioner thing. But um, I think anytime you have a, a commissioner at such a high level, you know, the Big Ten is really powerful. You don't have to look any further than that TV contract. Uh, anytime you, you hear about them interviewing for another job, just just three, what is it, three years since he, he started at that job? That's a little bit surprising. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a there's a lot of moving moving parts to that, you know, a, why would he be interested in this? Uh, uh, but uh, if you're the bears, I mean, heck yeah, go interview the guy. I mean, he has the experience you're looking for. He helped the Vikings build a new stadium a few years back. Uh, from that perspective, it's a no brainer. And it, it sounds like he's done uh, a couple of interviews. So, so this is a, a fairly serious thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it does sound like that the bears did a initial round of interviews, um, via or remotely and have started doing second interviews uh with with candidates in person uh, as they narrow down the field alan dunlap a regular on the show here alan checking in this morning thanks alan uh warren means bears are dead serious about arlington heights yeah uh as as sean was mentioning there uh kevin warren had a hand uh in minnesota and minneapolis when the vikings built uh u.s bank stadium a wonderful wonderful facility sean you've been up there i know that you like it as well. I mean, that that turned out about as, as well as you can for a modern-day NFL stadium. Uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, if, if anyone is wondering about the Bears or still doubting the Bears' intent, you know, there are, there are a lot of hurdles still to get through. Um, there's going to be some battles moving forward once they close on this property in terms of what the funding is going to look like. Um, there, I mean... The Bears are going to want funding from the state or, or, or public funding in some way when it comes to uh, maybe not the actual build of the stadium site, but for all the infrastructure that comes with it. And let's not kid ourselves. That's that's difficult in normal circumstances in a politically charged environment in the state of Illinois. That's not going to be an easy thing, Sean. And having someone like Kevin Warren leading that, uh, one, it would be helpful with his experience. And two, I but like as Alan was saying, I, I every sign points here to yeah the Bears being very very serious about getting this ball moving pretty quickly once they close on this deal for Arlington Heights. Yeah, and and obviously every situation is different. The state of Minnesota is different from the state of Illinois and and the city of Chicago and all that stuff. But um, you know the Vikings got a ton, a ton of money to build that stadium. I mean, I, I, I forget, I think it was uh, priced over just a billion dollars. And I think half of that was on public funding. Uh, but again, very different situations. Obviously, Vikings fans, you know, are not going to want to let their team get away. Uh, you know, they, they would sort of be in that situation to do anything they can to keep their team. Um, and not that Bears fans aren't, but I think that, that uh, you know, it's, it's just a different situation. Um, and, and so, you know, he has experience in those conversations and, and getting those types of deals done. And yeah, that's very valuable. I think, you know, uh, while I agree with the comment that, that yes, this means the bears are dead serious about Arlington Heights. I mean, if you didn't think the bears were dead serious about Arlington Heights before this, uh, then you weren't paying attention because I mean, they've been dead serious about this for, for a year plus. Um, and, and certainly, you know, since they, they came out and did that public meeting right before the season and, and, uh, you know, sort of, just initially started talking about their plans. Um, you know, this is a thing that's that's going to happen. The Bears are going to do whatever they can, they whatever they have to do to make it happen. And uh, yeah, you know, they say that they can fund the stadium itself on their own, but they want the public's help for the rest of that facility, the rest of you know all the, the shopping and and restaurants and and uh, maybe concert venues, whatever you're going to put around the stadium, hotels. Uh, that's what they want the public funding for, and well, and I mean, they haven't said it like yeah. That clearly, well, I mean, but, I, but like some of that, some of that could be private. You know, like it, it, I'm sure they're gonna uh, have yes, private, I shouldn't say public funding, but yeah, but yeah, funding help. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna need funding help when it comes to the stuff around the same. You're talking about like concert venues or or um, you know residential stuff, but 
even outside of that, I, we've talked about it before. We're getting a little off topic here, um, but there's going to need to be a lot of work done to that site in terms of getting it ready to handle the amount of traffic. Um, everything that comes with having, you know, 60, 70, 80,000 people attending a game day event mm-hmm. and not just a game day event, but that's going to be a, you know, a multi-use facility most likely. So there's a lot to, that's going to go into that, but yeah, I, Kevin Warren, uh, you know, I think the, the, the first question there is people, well, why would Kevin Warren want the job? But mm-hmm. to me, like that's, I, I understand why you immediately have that question, but if you think about it just for a second, like they're com- they're completely different jobs, right? And it could be Very the fact different. that, like he, you know, he, he wouldn't have to relocate. He's already in the Chicago area. He's got experience in the NFL. There's an allure. Maybe there's an allure to him of being in the NFL over over college football. But also, it's a lot different job in terms of you're focused on one organization where most of the people you're interacting with are within your building compared to being the commissioner of a, a now coast to coast conference where you're dealing with a lot of different personality, a lot of different competing interests among universities. It's a very, very complex job that has to be very time consuming, consuming. And and honestly, like I would think it has to be mentally draining to to run a conference of that scale. Look how long it took them to work out this deal for the the 12 team playoff, you know, and that was the commissioners doing meetings. And that was like years, year plus, uh, you know, we started, started hearing about that. It was almost a done deal, uh, you know, weeks before, before Oklahoma and Texas uh, announced they were leaving the big 12. And then that blew everything up and, and they spent a year trying to figure this out over a year. Uh, yeah, you have all these different competing interests. It's, it's, uh, you know, college athletics, especially college football is, uh, in a weird place. There's no clear leadership. Uh, the NCAA doesn't have a, a, a you know, I, I heard the other week they were tabbing, uh, uh, what the Massachusetts governor as their next president for the NCAA or something like that. And, and, you know, it's met with a yawn, like the, the NCAA president doesn't get anything done. Uh, and, and so it's a really unique and strange situation where if you come in and and lead an NFL organization, yeah, you're right, Kyle, you're focused on your, what's going on in your building, you're building an organization, building a culture and and trying to move forward. And um, I don't know, uh, Kyle, if you follow Brad Spielberger from uh, PFF and and, uh, over the cap, but he was saying, uh, he tweeted out yesterday that, you know, he was in the building when, when Kevin Warren left uh, the Vikings and, and there were a lot of sad people and, and, uh, you know, just the way that he run, ran that organization, a lot of people seem to respect what he did for them and, and the, the culture that he built in there. And, and I think that would be a big reason why the Bears would want to bring somebody like this in. Yeah. One more thing, and then we'll go ahead and pivot over and start talking about some of the on-field stuff with the Bears going into this game against the Lions. If there is anything else you guys want to talk about or have any questions on Kevin Warren, throw it in the chat. We can circle back uh, a little later or we get to it here before we uh, even move on. Um, but the, the thing with Kevin Warren, and I don't know how involved they would expect him to be on the personnel side, not uh, minutely, I think at, at, at any level, but we've seen like this year, they talked about Ted Phillips kind of stepping back from that role and focusing on, um, uh, the, the project in Arlington Heights, the potential new stadium. The, the thing with Kevin Warren, I, I think that would be his main focus, uh, his, uh, pretty much his sole focus if he came in. But I guess the thing that should make Bears fans feel a little bit better, you go back to him talk, or you go back to the days of, of him being a sports agent. That is something where Ted Phillips didn't have that experience. Like the, the, the football side of things to Ted were a lot more foreign. He's learned them over the years, but obviously there was a reason most people wanted Ted Phillips out of the football side of the operation. So um, again, Kevin Warren coming in, if he was hired, would obviously be focused on on larger projects, but I think that would be a little sigh of relief for Bears fans knowing he has more familiarity than maybe in the past. It would at least be somebody who who knows a little bit what they're doing. You don't. You're right. When they hired Ted Phillips, you know the the experience on that side was very minimal, and uh, I I agree. If if they were to hire Kevin Warren, you know I I would think he's pretty much going to stick to his, the business side, stick to his side of the building, but you at least have somebody with experience in, in the football world who you can lean on if if you have a big picture question and you're 
you know, if you're Ryan Poles and you have a big picture question, sure, maybe you go to him and see what he thinks. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily happening under Ted Phillips. All right, Sean, let's go ahead and get into some stuff that's happening on the field here. going to dive into the comments and stuff, work our way down. Uh, Brent Coleman saying, hopefully more aggressive play calling this week. Last week's game left a lot to be desired, Sean. Yeah, I, I agree that it, it did leave a lot to be desired. Uh, they weren't, you know, they weren't very aggressive. They weren't, uh, uh, I think a, a big reason had to be the weather. Um, you know, they were playing pretty conservatively. Uh, and it was weird because even even once they kind of, not weird, but, you know, even once they kind of fell behind, they were playing a little bit conservatively. Uh, again, this is kind of, uh, uh, you know, it's not concern number one, two, three, whatever, but on down your list of concerns uh, from this season, it, it certainly is one that's there. And, and, you know, you've kind of seen this trend over several games this year, not every game, but a couple of times where, it just seems like the offensive play calling is very, very conservative. And, and uh, in terms of just, you know, the, the, the bears lead the NFL in, in, in second down second and 10 rushes. Did you see that this week, Kyle, when there's an incompletion on first down, the bears lead the league and ru- running the ball on the next play. I hadn't seen that. They're the um, only team over 50%. They're the only, that's surprising. The only team over 50%. Because there are a couple other teams that I can think There's of. There's a offhand. couple teams in like the high 40s. Like somebody might be 48 or something. Okay. Um, I hope that's a product of where this team is of at. Of what you got rebuild. on the roster. Yeah. Yeah, and not a sign of things to come from Luke Getze because there are a few things I dislike more than second and da- or second and 10 run plays. Um now I'm not I, I I don't expect any team at any level to be a hundred percent passed in that situation. I mean that would be insane. Yeah. But you're like the odds bear out there that when you've already lost one down and you still need ten yards, like the percentages are in your favor to pass it there. Like you need to be at a what probably like a sixty five thirty five clip somewhere in that range. So up over fifty percent is concerning. Um, but again, like that could be a. Uh, a symptom of the personnel that they currently have on this roster. Yeah. I mean, and, and especially for that game against the bills, I mean, you look at the receivers that they had, you look at the issue, the uh, not issues, but the the guys who were, you know, Cody Whitehair and Tevin Jenkins were missing on your offensive line. I think you kind of, your only real chance in that game was probably to play it conservatively and hope that the bills make a few mistakes, which Josh Allen did make a couple of weird throws in that game. Uh, but it wasn't enough to really, uh, uh, know move the needle in your direction uh rico beard who i i have a feeling might be our i well i actually think because uh (laughs) earlier uh it started out with detroit versus everybody from rico beard so i i I have a feeling it's our our good friend don uh don if that's you man uh welcome to the chat this is your week man it's lions Uh, week it's it's lions week yeah but uh i'm sorry i meant (laughs) to keep that up there for a second so uh uh, Rico says uh, most Bears fans don't know if they want to win this week or lose for draft position. And yeah, I mean, let's throw that out there to the to the chat because it did get a lot more interesting this past week. And while yeah, that, watching that sure Bears did. Bills game wasn't all that uh, entertaining, um, seeing the Houston Texans pick up that win um, and put the Bears back into play for the number one overall pick. Um, because Houston with two games that are winnable games here to close out, close out the season with Jacksonville, which I don't think they'll win that game against Jacksonville. Um, I do think that they have a chance to win that game against Indianapolis, Sean. So the bears very much in play for the number one overall pick. Yeah. Look, you, you really only need them to win one of those games. I mean, you'd like them to win both of them, but uh, if the bears lose out, you only need them to win one more. Uh, but yeah, that's certainly opened the door. And man, Houston's been playing well lately. They they uh, gave the Chiefs a run. Uh, they gave the Cowboys a run the week before that. And um, you know, I say that they're still the Texans. Uh, you know, but playing well relative to what their record says. Um, and, and so yeah, they've opened the door there. And uh, this has been kind of the perfect scenario for the Bears. You know, Justin Fields has played well this year. And you've lost eight straight games. You've had a lot of one possession losses where where you played well, but you didn't quite get over the hump. And uh, your draft position has just gone up and up and up uh, over these last two months. And and really, I mean, that's a good thing for the Bears. And 
I know that the, the Lions, uh, you know, got smacked by the Panthers last week. Uh, it wasn't uh, they didn't didn't do very well against the run in that game. Uh, but I still think this is a pretty pretty feisty Lions team. That's that's uh, even though they're coming off a loss, even though they're hovering around 500, they've got something to play for, and and that's going to be a tough game. I, I imagine that the Lions fans uh, at home this weekend are, are going to be pretty loud cheering on their team. It's going to be a tough environment. It is going to be a tough environment. I mean, how often? Can we sit or uh, sorry, Don, uh, I'm taking a shot at the Detroit Lions here, but how often have we been in December where the Detroit Lions are are still in playoff contention and you can, you know, joke all we want about the fact that, you know, expanded playoffs this is a team that's struggling, but the, the, the Lions are playing much better. Um, and like, I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if the Detroit Lions could get into the playoffs and, and win a game. Um, I don't think that they advance far into the playoffs, but I do think that they, particularly on offense, they have enough firepower that they could get into a shootout. And, and you know, the, if, if they get the right breaks, they could win a game. You just got to get in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they're one of those teams where their offense is so dangerous sometimes that, that they can certainly surprise somebody and pick off a win in the playoffs. I, I would I would not be surprised if that happened, Kyle. Uh, Mike B., my good friend, uh, hasn't popped into the chat yet this morning. And Gary's, uh, Gary's go ahead and uh, making sure that uh, – we get to take the over in <laughs> there the for over. us. <laughs> yeah, I mean this this game against Detroit is is probably going to be pretty high scoring. Um, Mike uh, Mike Johnson had uh, posted in there. I had pulled up on the screen too. Uh, play to win. I just I don't know how. Like this is one of those things I would love to be able to talk to NFL like front office and coaches and be like, listen, I. This is off the record. Ban mm. me from the ban me from the building if I ever tell anyone. But like, just can can you give me a little insight? Like, what are these conversations like uh, behind the scenes right now? Because come on, like they're they might not be having the conversation outright of like, oh, it'd be great if we could find a way to lose this game. But like, they know, like you, they know exactly where they are, and they're they're making those. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they, they they've. I'm sure they've started a draft board, right? And they know how players are starting to get ranked. And the difference between first and second or winning a game or two and then picking sixth or seventh is going to be a huge difference in their draft planning. So they're at least thinking about these next two weeks. So I, I don't know how they address that, you know? Yeah, I I agree that I would love to to be a fly on the wall or, or to, to get that situation, to get their honest opinion. Um, I... Honestly, I think if you ask Matt Eberflus and you ask Ryan Poles, I think you would get different answers. I mean, I, I actually do think Matt Eberflus is trying to win every game. I mean, he's he's that's what he's shown. That's what he said. That's everything that they've done uh, as far as the coaching staff is concerned. That's been their focus from from playing guys like Riley Reef uh, over Larry Borum and Alex Leatherwood and all that. And uh, to you know, there's there's numerous other examples. Now, I think if you ask Ryan Poles or Ian Cunningham. They might have a little bit different answer, uh, but that's because their job is to think big picture. And uh, uh, you know that the GMs are thinking about that. Of course, they're thinking about where their draft stock is going to be, where their draft position is going to be. That's that's a huge part of their job. And and yeah, that's like the difference between like, you know, if you're two versus eight, like, OK, how much do you have to do you have to study Will Anderson from from Alabama if he's you know, he's probably not going to be there if you're at eight uh, versus, uh, you know, if you're at two, pretty much anything is possible. Yeah, I mean, if you're probably I shouldn't say you're there's a there's a lower odd you're trading that pick if it's four, five, six, seven, eight, than if you're at one or two uh, this this crop of quarterbacks in this draft too it's not particularly deep but the, it's it's top heavy and there are going to be guys that are going to be in contention to go first and second overall and there's going to be a ton of teams you already start looking through the list like there's there are legit 10 teams easily that are going to be looking for a quarterback and not every one of those is going to be able to find guys via trade or 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 um or free agency so yeah it, it, it makes a difference because, you know, if, if you ended up picking fifth and you got that defensive tackle that you're really hoping for, that's great. But if you're able to trade down from like first or second overall to seventh or eighth and you still are getting a really good player, but you're getting way too much because, you know, some teams traded up for a quarterback. I mean, that I mean, 
that is a huge difference in, in the way you plan for this off season. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're not actively doing anything to influence how these games, um, how these games turn out over the next two weeks, but it's certainly on their mind. And, uh, you know, Matt Eberflus, Gary, uh, Gary had talking about, uh, uh wanting to, um, uh, Matt Eberflus talking about needing to evaluate some players still, uh, I guess the question there is, are, are they talking about do they need to evaluate veterans or are they saying they need to evaluate young players that maybe haven't had a chance to get into a, a enough games yet, Sean? Yeah, I would think it's a little bit of both. I mean, there there are still veterans. On, you know, they got so many guys on one year contracts who, who they, they got to decide if they want to bring them back or not. Um, and, and at the same time, yeah, you got these young guys and, uh, you know, that's certainly a, a situation. I would you know what? Something to watch is is uh, Dante Pettis uh, has gone out with an ankle injury this week. And, and uh, I, you know, he sat out completely yesterday. I, I have a feeling it's trending towards, towards him not playing and that's been your punt returner. So uh, is this the chance for Valus Jones to get another shot back there as your punt returner? It, it might be. And, and that might be one of those situations where exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, you know, we got some young guys, uh, you know, maybe they've done this a little bit, Maybe Valus Jones has taken a couple of punts, but let's throw him back out there. You know, he's learned some lessons the hard way, and and uh, now is the time to do that. And, and so I think that they're they're doing that with everybody, the veterans, the the, the rookies, the young guys, everybody. You know, that they have a lot of decisions to make on this team, and and they got to figure out which of these guys they're going to keep around. Mike uh, Mike Johnson said, "How do you demand the best from these twenty year old kids, and then turn around and game the system?" See, uh, that's what I. I I don't think there. This isn't a, like a Miami Dolphins situation. That's not what I'm saying. That that's very rare. But what I think when I talk about that is like, do you say like Cody Whitehair, a guy like that, a veteran player? You know what you have in Cody Whitehair coming off the injury here. Like maybe you go ahead and say, Cody, we're gonna we're gonna slow roll this here. Let you get healthy and and let another youngster uh, get a chance there on the offensive line over these next couple of weeks. Part of the problem with anything like that, though, and I, I I started thinking about the defensive side of the ball, like I think of someone like Nick Morrow, right? But like the Bears have had so many injuries already that those guys almost have to play because who else? I mean, you, you get to a point, you're not going to put a guy out there simply to get a look at him when you know he's not ready. And like Jack Sanborn out, right? These guys, these yep. younger kids that you were looking to get a chance, some of them were already playing and they're out too. So um, there, I guess there are limited options if you are trying to sit anyone. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to get much more past Nick Morrow and, and Matt Adams at the linebacker spot. I mean, that's already so thin. It's uh, uh, you know, it, it, there's, there's plenty of other examples too. And, and I, I would think that a guy like Cody Whitehair wants to get out here and play again before the season is over. And uh, he was back at practice yesterday. He was wearing a big old brace on his knee, but he was running around and, and doing stuff. And, and Chase Claypool was back at practice as well. Uh, he talked afterwards too and said, you know, he's he's uh, optimistic that that this week he'll be back. And uh, Equinemius St. Brown, uh, who's been out with the concussion since uh, that Eagles game, he return to practice too. So I imagine that means he's going to be good to go uh, barring any setbacks here uh, in the next couple of days, but um, that's going to give uh, Justin Fields some, some offensive firepower uh, comparatively to what he had last week um, uh, for this game. And you're playing indoors. So those are all positive things. I think the bears are, you know, they're absolutely going to try to win these games, uh, you know, whether, whatever that means for their draft situation. Absolutely. I, 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 I don't like I said I maybe I overstated. I don't think that the the guys that are on that field, the coaching staff, you said earlier, like they're going to try and win the game. It's just I, I I think there's more nuance here than normally would be over the last couple of weeks um, with where they're at. Uh, I I actually too you know just you know trying to game out the draft a little bit. Uh, you know I don't think that being two versus one is all that big of a deal. No, as far as no. your your trade value because. Uh, if you're two and the Texans take take Bryce Young, take CJ Stroud, whatever one of those quarterbacks, you've got all the power in that number two spot for, you know, whoever wants to trade up. I mean, potentially the Seahawks are sitting there at three if somebody wants to jump them. And uh, I don't know what the Seahawks are going to do at quarterback. Obviously, Geno Smith has has been a lot better than we all expected. Uh, but free free agent though. 
Is he free agent? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, there's that. And you know, if somebody wants to, to jump the Seahawks, I mean, you've got all the power there at that number two spot. Gary had asked, um, I'm seeing if I can find it. Uh, he had asked, or he said he thought he saw that even if the bears were to win out, they couldn't finish worse than fifth in terms of draft picks. I don't think that's right. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to take a look at that. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can, because, uh, let's see. I mean, well, you got Denver is at four and 11 at four wins. Arizona is at four wins. Indianapolis. Five I mean, yeah, wins. you got a couple of teams at four wins right there. I mean, if the bears win twice and, and they lose out now, I don't offhand. I don't know the schedule. I don't know who's playing who. So yeah. Some Atlanta. Play so each Al- other. Atlanta and Detroit, or Atlanta and the Rams, which that pick actually goes to Detroit, are at five wins. So, just based off that, that means the Bears. There's seven teams with five or less wins. So the Bears could fall to seventh. Uh, when it comes to that, I haven't looked at like tiebreakers or anything like that. So I'm not sure, Gary. You might be right. Um, they would be pretty close then, but. Um, yeah, so no, absolutely no worse than seven. But I mean, that's a huge difference to me. Like second to seventh, or even second to fifth, is a big difference when you're talking about quarterbacks. Yeah, when you're talking it, quarterbacks and you're talking trade value and, and trying to to swing a trade for somebody who wants those quarterbacks, that is a big deal. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, uh, someone had mentioned earlier in the chat about Devonte Adams. Um, not sure where that is, but I'll, I'll go with Timothy here, who had a similar question. Thoughts on rumors on possible trade picks for T. Higgins and Devontae Adams? Shout out. We we hit on T. Higgins, I feel like, quite a bit last week. Uh, I I know I'm on board with T. Higgins. Um, I love the kid. I think that's a great idea in terms of if he's available. Um, we talked about the different trades with younger receivers over the last couple of years. I really, um, and I, I guess I shouldn't say really might be strong because I don't know what the potential package would be. Um, but I would not be a huge fan of a Devonte Adams trade, uh, assuming, assuming that it would cost you something similar to what the Packers gave, or I'm sorry, what the Raiders gave up. I, I don't really. I don't yeah. Like so, that. so they gave up what a, a one and a two last year. Is that what it was? I think so. Um, I think it was, I think it was a one and a two and you know, you're really only one year removed from that. So I would think the asking price is roughly going to be the same. Um, you know, you're certainly not going to get rid of that number two overall pick for a receiver. I just don't see that happening. Uh, that's too valuable in, in terms of trading down. And, and we know Ryan Poles wants to build through the draft. I mean, you can pick up another three or four picks with that, with that number two overall pick. Uh, so, you know, maybe you could start talking about your first, your, your number one next year, but, um, I would be surprised, especially the, especially Devante Adams with, uh, uh, you know, the, the contract that's involved in that. I would be surprised if that's what the bears do. Now T Higgins doesn't have the same contract extension. You know, he's, he's going to be a free agent soon. Obviously you have have to work out a deal with him. Yeah. You're going to pay him, but I, I'm, I'd much rather pay T Higgins, than a thirty-one uh, year old. Yeah, what's the age Devante difference Adams. on these guys? What, what it, Adams he, is thirty right now, going to be thirty-one next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then T Higgins obviously is younger than that. Yeah, it's considerably younger than that. Um, I mean, I, uh, Devontae Adams, one of the best in the game uh, over the last five years. T now Higgins is longer. twenty-three. Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's a world of difference. Um. You know, and that that might factor into the cost of when you're you're looking at a trade. I just I'm not a big fan of of trading for aging wide receivers right now. If you're the Bears, like I, I think it's short sighted. I guess I, I think it's a way that you end up in a bad situation two or three years down the road when you don't need to put yourself in that position. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how these deals work out for the Raiders and for the Dolphins uh, with with Tyreek Hill. Uh, like you said, Kyle, three three years down the road. I mean, these are huge contracts going to to receivers who who are are a little bit older. I mean, you know, I'm not going to call them old; they're not old, but, but, but they're still playing at yeah. really high levels. But even even know. Tyre even Tyreek Hill is only 28 years old. I mean, we're talking just a couple year difference. I understand that, but. It, it goes quickly in the NFL for a lot of guys. And that might not be the case for Devontae Adams. Maybe he performs really well into his age 34 and age 35 season. But that would be an outlier. 
Yeah, there are guys who who played really long uh, at a really high level at that receiver position. It's not like it's not like running back where where guys fall off a cliff once they hit twenty eight. Um, but but you're right. I mean that's that's certainly uh, the exception, not the rule. Yeah, I mean if I'm if I'm trading a first round pick this year, let's say, you, and we're, all we're doing is speculating here. This is completely speculation at this point. But if if you are the Bears and you're trading down, let's say they end up at the that number overall uh, number two pick and they trade down right and they they end up with multiple first round picks or something like that, like. I still don't want that to be Devontae Adams. If you're trading for T. Higgins, that makes sense. I just think it's really short-sighted to trade for an, an aging wide receiver. I just, again, how many scenarios? Like, you, you can go to, uh, I think, a Randy Moss. Obviously, that's a big one, right? One of the best trades or him going to New England. But that doesn't happen a ton. Like, even Devontae Adams this year in Oakland, or Oakland, how many years has they been in Vegas now? And I still <laughs> want to call them Oakland. Um, like Devonte Adams, like it, 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 at the end of the day, that didn't get the Raiders, a team that was in the playoffs last year, any closer to winning the Super Bowl. Um, and I, I understand there's a lot of other issues with that club, including the fact that they um, were dumb and hired Josh McDaniels as their head coach. But like, it's just, you have to be careful, I guess is what I'm trying to say. There's it's a fine it's a very fine line to to try and tow here. Um when you're when you're at this stage of the rebuild because you want to accelerate because of what you've seen with Justin Fields. But to to get where they are with everything the Bears need right now to be able to be in contention in these next two years, you can't miss very often. And I worry that when you're trading assets for an aging wide receiver, that you're opening yourself up to a higher a higher risk than needed. Yeah, you are, and and you know Ryan Poles is also. I I know everybody's going to want him to come out and and spend all the money in the off season and and you know make make the moves uh, to get the right pieces around Justin Fields, but but they're looking at this as a multi-year thing. You know, if, if they don't see the right answer, the, the, if they don't see an answer at wide receiver that, that they feel like fits what they're trying to do and, and, you know, has the level of risk that they're, they're willing or, or not willing to take, you know, they can, they can wait another year. Uh, I know bears fans don't want to hear that, but that's, that's the reality of it. it you know, when, when, the guys who you thought were going to be on the free agent market, you sign these big extensions and aren't there, uh, you know, that that's the options at wide receiver and free agency just aren't there. And, uh, you know, I don't know that they are going to want to swing a trade for, for a guy like, like Devonte Adams for, for uh, like you're saying, Kyle, a guy who's a little bit older um, and has a big, big uh, money attached to his name. I don't know if that's where the bears are at, at this stage of their rebuild. Uh, you know, maybe a year down the line, maybe two years down the line. Certainly, that that could be the thing. Uh, uh, but I don't know if that's that's where they are right now. Yeah, if 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 Devonte Adams was the final piece, you know, like when um, this hasn't worked out because the Arizona Cardinals are a terrible organization. Um, but like uh, uh, Alan Dunlap had uh, mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, and that's why I thought of it. They made the trades for DeAndre Hopkins and, and just or and and JJ Watt because they thought they were on the cusp of being able to contend, and it hasn't worked out that way. Um, I think the Bears are finally turning the corner in terms of the organizational structure that it won't end up the way things have ended up in Arizona. But that's what I'm talking about. Like that's the risk you run. Um, and Allen said so. I guess uh, he says I so I guess we shouldn't trade for DeAndre Hopkins then. Or Michael Thomas, who is younger but has been hurt the last two years. Yeah, I mean, this is my personal opinion, Alan. Like, if if those are guys that interest you, doesn't mean that I'm right. I'm just, I, I, but I think you're turning tuning in because you know you you want to have this kind of conversation. And so, yeah, my my opinion is, uh, I wouldn't trade for those guys. Like, I I don't want to take on contracts of guys that have either been injured or are aging. I just think that there are better ways to build this roster um, where they currently are. If, like I said, if that was a final piece, I would be more open to it, but they need so much. I just don't think that's worth the risk. 
Yeah, I wouldn't give up very much for for a Michael Thomas. I mean, he hasn't been on the field for much of the last what two, three years. Uh, it's been a while. He's, he's played like half a season in the last three years. Uh, while you know he was obviously like dynamic and and awesome uh, for a while there, one of the best receivers in the league. Uh, he, he just hasn't been able to stay on the field. So sure, you know that's the type of guy where if you can get him for for cheaper than what you think he's worth, yeah. Maybe you take a chance, but I'm not going to give up a whole lot to go get him. And I get so like Michael Thomas, for instance, like that's a guy. Maybe, maybe this offseason comes together great. Like free agent, you get the guys you want in free agency. You hit on what you needed in the draft, and then you get to that June July period where all of a sudden you're hearing the rumors of Michael Thomas being available, and then you make that trade. You know. You're like, all right, that's that piece we go out and get now. But that's not a that's not a trade that I expect to take place in 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 March. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, that could be one of those things where you know we've seen these before, where they kind of drag out as as the season gets closer. And and if a team doesn't get the type of offers they're looking for, uh, you know, in March or in around the draft, uh, you know, they could just hold on to a guy, and and the market will change over the next couple of months. That's that's how this uh, goes sometimes. Uh, go get Marvin Harrison Jr. next year, Gary says. It's not a bad idea. Um, Sean, we're uh, running out of time here. We got about five minutes left before we get you uh, on the road to Hallis Hall. Uh, anyone uh, throw uh, final thoughts into the uh, the chat there? We'll try and get to them. Alan says here, Kyle, I agree. I like when people agree with me. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, I agree, but no one is going to give away these wide receivers. To Sean's point, maybe the star wide receiver is in 2024. Excuse me, guys. Um, yeah, I, I don't expect anyone to give these guys away. Like I said, I'm. I, if if I was Ryan Poles, I'd be willing to pay through the nose for for T Higgins. I believe in the upside of a young player like that. I don't mind taking a chance like that, a big swing. Again, that is a higher risk move, but I think the the potential upside over a longer period of time, like T Higgins is a guy. You know, we're he's. Just going back, uh, Tyreek Hill, 28 years old, Devontae Adams. That, that's another five years of the, the uh, development time. That is a long window where uh, where instead of talking three or four years, you're talking five, six, seven years uh, down the road, Sean. Yeah, certainly. And, and uh, you know, if you're – we've spent a lot of time talking about Devontae Adams. You know, if you're the Raiders and, and if this is it, this is it for Derek Carr. I mean, having a guy like Devontae Adams is one of those big draws for for if you're trying to bring in a, another quarterback. And and you know, a veteran quarterback might look at that situation and say, okay, I can I can work with this. Uh, we we have some pieces on that offense to to be able to to get this thing rolling. And they might not feel that they're that far away uh, down in Vegas. So so even if yeah, they Devon- they, sh- they should feel they like should I, they should, but they might not feel that way. And even if Devontae Adams is a little bit upset that his buddy is is just gotten benched and and might be getting released uh you still are in control of that player and and so if they want to keep him they will i uh i that this is a good place to to finish this up kind of a lighthearted place as we get out of here um i was texting friends i believe a couple friends yesterday and we were talking about like over the last i i think i ended up setting it like since 2000 but if we even went a little more recent like the worst overall franchises in the NFL or the worst run franchises. And the bears are certainly like in that top 10 in that conversation. But it was funny, despite the fact that, you know, the bears record this year and how poorly things have gone. Like you start looking around the league and like, you're looking at Cleveland and the contract they gave to Deshaun Watson and how that thing's gone. What's happened the last several years now with the Raiders who have always been kind of a dumpster fire. Um, yeah, Houston has never been able to consistently figure things out. And it was kind of funny because, like, maybe going into this season with the way things ended under the Ryan Pace regime and, and everything, the way things were going, I think the Bears were probably firmly in that like that top three to five conversation. But they've kind of moved down those rankings. It's, and that's where I'm getting at here is where, like, it's odd because the fact that the Bears only have three wins, we're talking about them being in conversation of the number one pick. Um, but for once I don't get the sense again, like that it, it's odd. You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying, Sean? Yeah, I do. That's what's so weird about this season is, is this team has three wins, but you walk into that building and you talk to the players and you don't feel that, you know, there there's, there's positive vibes going on. And, and, 
you know, they know that this is this season has not gone to plan and it's, you know, it, they haven't played well. That's just the fact. But, um, you know, they they are are excited about the direction that this team is going. They they feel like things are heading in the right way. And it's it's funny, Kyle, like you mentioned the teams you mentioned there, um, the Raiders, the Texans. And it's like it's it's weird how I don't know if it's weird, but, you know, uh, the, the teams that are consistently bad are the ones that seem to have uh, the worst ownership or the, the ones that have the, the most volatile ownership. Uh, and over and over again, we see those same teams in these same situations. And that's what we were talking about um, in the, in the text thread, because it's, it's, it's not just when I, I look at, you got to look at overall, like change at every level, of the organization outside of ownership, typically, um, those don't change hands very often, obviously, but teams that are consistently, whether it's it's personnel on the field, their coaching staff, their training staff, their front, like they're everything, you know. Um, and it, it was funny. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to put Denver, and that's how actually we got into the conversation about how you do it, because like Denver, um, you look at all the changes that they've gone through, and you know, we were like, well, how do you rank the fact that they, you know, they were won a Super Bowl, were in another, but it was like Peyton Manning kind of fell into their laps, and without that, it would just be a dumpster fire for a, a very long yeah. stretch of time, pretty much. It was a fun conversation, um, and one that we'll probably get into more in the off season here. I want to go back quickly here um, and and follow up on the T Higgins talk a little bit because uh, I, I I'm not a, I'm not sure what this name is supposed to say. <laughs> Sorry, guy, uh, but he says I tend to think there's a wide receiver star in every draft. You have to identify him. And the trickiest part is being in position to get him and then mark potash uh potsy checking in saying t higgins was 33rd pick of the 2020 draft hmm and yeah uh that those are both good points wide receiver is a a position where you you can find those guys in the draft you can find superstars in those second and third rounds i will especially yeah in those 30s 40s 50s yeah i will say uh the 2020 and 2021 drafts were incredibly wide receiver rich and I'm not going to personally say that I know enough about this current draft class to to, to say that I, I know the people that do have a, a better idea than I do about it at this point are not saying that about this wide receiver class. Um, but that being said, that doesn't mean you can't find someone there in that second or third round. So, yeah. Um, well, and that's why I didn't really have – I know people were upset with the the – Claypool trade that they gave away their higher second round pick, um, which right now is looking like it's 34. Uh, and actually that'd be really the 33rd pick. Cause, cause Miami's going to lose their pick. Um, but you know, it, it's either you, you, you either have chase Claypool or you're, you're begging the bears to take a wide receiver at that spot. So, okay, sure. You, you traded away that pick for a wide receiver. Um, you know, I'm fine with that because, because if, if you didn't do that, then you'd just be, in, in a, a worse situation and trying to take a gamble on a, on a rookie wide receiver. Um, so yeah, sure. The bears do need to bring in more help at wide receiver, but I, I was okay with that move. And, and I'm not really, um, you know, all that upset about giving away the higher of those two picks for a guy like chase Claypool, who sure he hasn't had a lot of production yet, uh, but he was just getting his feet wet before this injury. Yeah, Shaw Locals Insider or Shaw Locals Bears Insider podcast is sponsored by Marengo Guns. Always buying, always paying top dollar for your guns, ammo, and military items. Come see the experts at Marengo Guns. Open 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. seven days a week. Sean, you mentioned Chase Claypool there. That's a good place to end this topic because going into these last two games, going into this weekend in Detroit. We look at players that you do want to see more. There's a guy that certainly does need to be on the field. Um, considering what the bears gave up, uh, gave up for him, uh, would like to see some more production from chase Claypool over the last two weeks, considering the lack of production from the wide receiver group, uh, with all these injuries, chase Claypool needs to have a couple good games here. I guess he doesn't need to have a couple good games, but for the sake of bears fans and maybe for his own sake, uh, going into this off season to feel a little bit better uh, of where this is at with him. Yeah. I, I think he just needs to get back out on the field. You know, he doesn't need to, to pile up a hundred yards in this game. Well, you know, that'd be great of course, but uh, if you just get out there and make a couple of catches, I mean, he's been been sitting on the sideline going through this knee injury and uh, that's not what you want. You want to see a little bit of chemistry with Justin Fields, um, you know, on paper, he's your top guy. Uh, but obviously that, you know, 
it's been a weird year for the Bears passing game. Uh, you know, EQ St. Brown could lead them in receiving this week. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, you want to see him get back out there on the field. Uh, he chimes in. It's Auger, like a drill. Spelled Thanks for purpose. joining, Auger. Yeah, I, I, I was leaning Auger, but I didn't want to didn't want to take a guess there. So nice to have you, Auger. Uh, Sean, uh, let's give a prediction before we get out of here. Um, what do you think for this weekend's game? You know, I haven't sent you my prediction because I yet because I, I I've been going back and forth. Uh, I'm gonna take the Lions. I think this will be yet another high scoring Lions game. Uh, I'm gonna take the Lions 35 31. Uh, are the Bears <laughs> going to score 31 points? Uh, see, I'm literally thinking no, about it's, this it's, as I. The, the Lions games are so high scoring. Like every I, single I, time. I, I started laughing not because of that. I I started laughing because that was the exact score I was going was to give. Yeah. I'm taking. I'm taking. Well, what was I'm, the, what I'm was taking it? the Lions to win 35 31. I think I wish Mike B was here so he could scream, yeah. pound the over in the chat because I this game is is going to have a ton of scoring. What was the score a few weeks back or a month or two back? It was like 32 to 31 or something something like that. Yeah, it's a one point game in the 30s. The Lions, the Lions uh, are playing shootouts right now. Yeah. Uh, the Bears defense is just not stopping anyone. Um, as long as Tevin Jenkins and Cody Whitehair are on the field this weekend, I think that makes the biggest difference. Of course, this game being indoors compared to 10 degree temperatures, yeah, there's going to be more 30 mile per hour winds. Yeah, sure. I, I this this everything just lines up to this game being an absolute shootout. Yeah, I, I'm taking the Lions. Uh, you know, I they didn't look very good last week, but but uh, and certainly the Bears can follow that script. You know, just run the ball. Heck, uh, Carolina was running like crazy. Their their offensive line looked like the best O line in in the history of football last week. Um, but I do kind of think with with something to play for, the Lions are going to bounce back. All right. Well, thank you everyone who joined us live this morning. If you didn't, or if you just uh. If you just like listening to the show, find it for the first time, make sure you uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or uh, on iTunes, on uh, Spotify. We are on pretty much every platform you can think of at this point. We'll be back with you guys next week to break down the Lions-Bears game. With that, everyone have a great and wonderful uh, long weekend. I always enjoy when New Year's falls on the weekend like this. Give everyone that Monday off. So everyone enjoy it. Stay safe this weekend. Enjoy the weekend of football get some college football semifinals as well. Sean, we'll be back with you guys on Tuesday for Sean Hammond. I am Kyle neighbors. We'll talk with you guys next week.